0: Welcome back, Cracked fans, to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. Buckle up. We've got a fantastic show. For all of you listeners today, as I am joined once again by head coach of the NC State women's tennis team, Simon Earnshaw, to discuss his program capturing their first ACC tournament title in program history, the Wolfpack, earning a 4-1 victory over previously undefeated and number one UNC in the final. We break down that result as well as everything else that has happened throughout the course of the 2023 season. And for NC State, we discuss the growth of each player on the roster, the importance of the return of senior Alana Smith, and then, of course, we get into all things Diana Schneider. Simply put, it's a fantastic episode that I am certain all of you listeners are going to enjoy, of course, before we get to it. Gotta tell all of you about the support we get from our dear friends at Turner. Just about every tennis player has tried to turn a grip at least once in their lives and I don't know anyone who, once they've tried Turna, have turned to anything else. Simply put, it's the best in the business, and it continues to get better as Turner has unveiled their latest edition, their latest iteration of their Turner Grip. It's called Turna Tough. It's tackier than the previous Turner. Still gets stickier when you sweat. Continues to be long-lasting. Continues to have that iconic trademark blue color as well. You can find Turner wherever you shop for your tennis supplies, but be sure to give their latest product, Turna Tough, a try today. Turna Proud sponsor of the Cracked Interviews podcast. With that said, let's get to it. Here's my conversation with NC State Women's Tennis Head Coach, Simon Urchel.
1: The man that driving. The amazing, stuff Please, please.
0: Joining us on the podcast once again today is a man who can only be described at this point as a returning champion here on this show. Of course, he's a man you know best as the winningest coached in NC State women's tennis program history and now the winning, I should say, first time head coach of the ACC tournament winning NC State Wolfpack. Welcome on to our show, NC State women's tennis head coach, Simon Earnshaw. Coach, welcome back how are you doing today
1: so great to be here alex uh felt like we haven't deserved to get on here for a little while (laughs) and uh finally i guess i'm at least for the last 10 years i'm back actually as a returning champion because we won something
0: (laughs) Well, I'll agree to disagree, considering three of the four losses you guys have experienced this year were four, three losses. And considering just all you guys have contributed to the college tennis narrative this season, plenty for us to discuss. And that is why it is great to have you back. But, you know, let's just start with, as you alluded to, you guys are now the ACC tournament champion. And throughout the course of your time steering the ship at NC State, you guys have accomplished so many different firsts so many in fact that I believe there's only two or I guess three left NCAA singles champ team final team championship but to win this conference title particularly given the strength of the ACC not just this season but I mean the conference has been on maybe a historic five-year run what does that mean and what does that say about where your program is at
1: yeah, it's a little surreal. I the ACC tournament in particular isn't something that we've been very adept at.
0: <laughs> um
1: we've we've had the same record in the conference each of the last four seasons and I mean sometimes that's that's more about who you have on the ho- who you have at home and who you have away which which alternates from from year to year. So we've been consistent in that regard. I wouldn't say we've approached UNC level uh, or even or even duke and and some of the uh, other uh, difficult um, opposition that we have there but uh, coming into the ACC tournament and i mean this has really been all along with us is the joke with our players is is well actually we might participate in this year's tournament in some way <laughs> because I wouldn't really say that our history in the event has been one that we I, I actually don't know if we've actually showed up ever I mean I know we were in Rome Georgia a couple of times briefly and uh, we had a few sort of jaunts down to carry uh prior to COVID but uh no I mean look I mean it was a real blot on on what we've been able to do, particularly the last five years. And uh, I think it's it's a very important event and it's a fantastic opportunity to get those high-quality matches. Um, and look, things were already moving a little bit in our direction that final day of regular season play with some kind of crazy uh, results that bumped us from the 4-5 match up into the free slot and really shifted things around. So, yeah, I felt like we had a bit of momentum coming off um, that last phase of uh, ACC play. So why not, right? But to to sort of capitalize on the why not, you've got to you've got to get there in the first place. And uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, really, really been a feel good. I think um, the atmosphere out at Kerry Tennis Park. For the final was was next level both crowds were for the most part well behaved uh for the most part (laughs)
0: yeah Uh, it
1: was a little chaotic at times particularly in the number four singles match um but no i mean it seems it's been you know really quite uplifting and uh something i don't think this group has really had uh to share uh as a as a team
0: Well, you talk about Cary, and that's where I want to start, because I've had the opportunity to compete at the Cary Tennis Park, and I've seen the facility. It's one of those rare facilities that can host dual-site ACC, or conference tournament action, and obviously, I'm sure it helps to have your home base not be that far away, but... You know, talk to me about that carry environment because certainly looking at the results, you beat a Florida State team 4-0 that had played some outstanding tennis down the season's home stretch and has Vic Allen back healthy. And, you know, again, to 4-0 that team to 5-0 a Georgia Tech team that had played really good tennis all year long. And, you know, again, two top 25 players in Carroll Lee and Bilchev in the top two of their lineup. And then, I mean, we'll talk about North Carolina on its own because that result is not something you see every day. But how much did playing in carry and having that home environment, in your opinion, factor into the results we saw?
1: Yeah, I mean, we've had a real uh, heavy travel schedule. Um, We didn't make the national indoors. That's probably why um, I haven't seen you much. But um, (laughs) yeah. Um, but from around that time, we played a match against Cal in Miami. We traveled six out of seven weeks. Uh, that's that's a facet of the conference schedule being kind of skewed, uh, front-loaded on the road for us, and also maybe pretty bad scheduling by me. I don't know. I mean, but um, we knew once we hit a certain point in the season we were going to see a lot of time at home, and um, I wouldn't say Carey's home, <laughs> but we're uh, able to stay on campus. The players had a a run of matches where we're not having to really get any uh, kind of disruption from our uh, daily schedule. And look, we've had some travel problems this year between cancelled flights and sleeping uh, in hotels at airports when we couldn't get home. And and you know, I mean, I know some programs are busy flying around on charters or private jets, but the majority of us, and particularly our airport being so accessible, we're um, we're traveling commercial, and so sometimes travel can get a little elaborate. Sure. And uh, driving down to carry and back, or as happened um, on Saturday, uh, where the match was played at UNC, it's it's relatively easy. I mean. Okay, because 30 minutes here and 30 minutes there, but so what? Yeah. I mean, it, it's, and the good thing is we were playing the first match for the most part each day. So I think that that makes things pretty straightforward. We had, we had a, the, the Miami Virginia match slowed us down against Florida State. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when Botch Collins uh, and uh, Annabelle you get on a court, that's going to last a while. Yeah. <laughs> Telling the officials, we when are we going to get a shot clock like <laughs> yeah. they have right now, or a pitch clock?" Because I felt like they were playing a point a minute there, but such was the tennis, yeah. right? Not the time between the points. So I don't think you could have a point clock in that regard. But no, it 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 helps us. The girls are familiar with it. I think we we host the ranked spotlight, mm-hmm. and now between the three of us ourselves, Duke and UNC with the All American there. I think. They've really become quite familiar with with um, Kerry Tennis Park and Sean and the people there have done a, a great great job. I mean, the playing surfaces are fantastic, and it, it's just a you know kind of a, a a good place to play. I I don't I I would challenge anybody who's going to say that that's not a, just a fantastic top rate, and it's a public facility. It's not private.
0: Well, I want to ask you, and this is a tangent off of that, because we've talked in the past, should the NCAAs be in one location? Could it move around? I'm curious, do you think Kerry could, because you have UNC, you have NC State, you have Wake Forest, you have Duke. Not to project, but odds on, one of those teams is probably going to be at the final site, whether it be in the women's side or on the men's side. You think Kerry would be a feasible NCAA tournament host site?
1: it's a great uh conversation right or discussion um i mean i i i would think that that they're, they're open to it mm-hmm. i'm guessing and i don't really know the ins and outs of how this works sure. but i'm assuming an institution needs to go into a collaboration with them to co-host mm-hmm. i don't i i don't know whether a, a town or uh some other entity can uh, apply for that i i no, maybe maybe they can, maybe the USTA did, mm-hmm. but did they have to have UCF as a sponsor? Again, I don't really know the ins and outs of that or uh, potentially hosting the final eight, which, which is what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. It's, or maybe it will go back to the 16, which I would prefer. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure the Super Regional makes any sense. In any shape of the world, I don't, I don't get that because from what you're saying is we're going to draw more people at a final site with more teams, and if the individual event goes away, maybe, maybe that is something that um, t- t- tennis park can manage. It look, we have access to a ton of indoor courts, mm-hmm. at the, just just by making a call. We don't have to kick people off. We don't have membership. We don't have other factors that we've got to fiddle around with. So, yeah, I mean, look, I'm a, I'm a big proponent of Nona and working with the USTA. I think if in, in an ideal world, we'd just have it there for the next 10 years. But at the same time, I told Commissioner uh, Phillips right before the match, he said, listen, anything I can do for you. Uh, and I said, yeah, we can have the ACC tournament here in Cary for the foreseeable future. No messing around, no disrespect to any other venues, but this is the best spot. This is the heart of ACC country. And we have this at our disposal. They will work with us. we got to work with them and get this sorted.
0: Mm-hmm. I think the town of Kerry is gorgeous as well. And you mentioned yeah. that there, there's an airport right there. It's a 15-minute drive. And yeah. I can't
1: it, afford to live there yet. But. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, it's funny you say that because – My parents are like – we're based in Indianapolis. They're like, aren't there better places for a tennis company to be located? And because we played the club tennis event at Cary, my parents loved that weekend there. They're like, what about Cary? Like, there's schools near there. It's gorgeous. I was like, mom, if you think I can afford to live in Cary, like, we're not quite there yet. But, I mean, I, I agree. If it's going to move around, I think it would be interesting to give Cary a shot. And to your point about the rain, UNC, Duke, NC State, Wake Forest, they're all right there. They're easy easy outlets. And so, you know, again, just wanted to ask you that question, but obviously to get back what you guys did in carry this weekend, we're 11 minutes in. Let's address what everyone's looking to hear. You guys don't just beat UNC in that final. You win doubles. You win five first sets. Let's start with the doubles. You get a 6-1 win at two, 6-2 win at three, I guess first and foremost is just I I think have uh, Amelia and Nell they just aren't going to lose at Cary Tennis Park right they're the All American champions yeah. there now they're six yeah. one in Carson and Fiona it's clear those are their real home courts but you know this season whether it be injuries or dates or whatever was going on you've played a lot of different doubles combinations maybe more so than any year prior are you seeing your team now gel at this point of the season? How do you feel about the state of your doubles, particularly coming off of a result like that?
1: So I think we've always known what our doubles lineup is,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. right? I mean, that's, that's never really been in question. It's not like we've uh, changed things up because that wasn't our lineup. Quite frankly, was, was a lot of uh, non-tennis factors, including player dates. I mean, we've, we're trying to play as much as possible, and sometimes we've had to compromise the uh, team dates as a result. But yeah, I mean, potentially more combinations than all of the last five years combined. Yeah. Because I think we have very defined doubles teams, and I, I usually look at it that if I'm if I don't know what our doubles lineup should be when we start the season by the kickoff, then I'm not doing a very good job. I don't think it's rocket science. I really don't think our doubles, as you guys love to talk about the system, whatever that is,
0: uh,
1: (laughs) it is actually on the top of a piece of paper somewhere. But uh, (laughs) it's about what a lot of people think it is. Um, But we do play a very specific way. I think everybody knows what we're doing and how we're doing it and what we're about to do. Um, But, yeah, I mean, look, I think we've got three very, very good doubles teams. I think they've got skills that complement each other. And um, we've we've done well again this year in doubles. I don't know exactly what our record is. Maybe what we're 20, 23 and 24 and 4 maybe. We played that's, tw- uh,
0: I was going to say that's, I have f- uh, 45 and 14 in individual sets. I want to say there were three doubles. Two? Three or two? Two or three.
1: Yeah. So last year we were just insane in doubles. Yeah. <laughs> I want to say we were 63 and it's almost unfathomable.
0: Yeah, it was um, crazy. I mean, especially because yeah. like through the first 14 matches, including indoors, you guys weren't losing doubles.
1: We weren't even losing on any court. Yeah. And it was almost going too well. Um, for where you know there's gonna be a bit of a correction at some point, or there's gonna be because because it's such a fine line, his doubles. Mm-hmm. Um well, one thing we we talked about this year, we hadn't had one of those points. Sometimes we have these ones where it just goes. For whatever reason, maybe it's just a totality. Maybe we get an early point somewhere early or we hit a good return or something just goes our way. And then there seems to be this sort of ricochet effect across all three courts. And all of us, and it, it didn't actually kind of get going at one. I think we had some break points and just, Um, either Scotty or Brantmire put down a few good serves at times there. But that happens, right? You know, oftentimes a good serve on a deuce point Mm -hmm. really is not the outcome of a game. It's something else that happened earlier in the game. But, yeah, I mean, Millie and Nell looked the part and Abigail and, and Sophie just immediately... Um, were well, landing blows. And uh, it it kind of snowballed from there. I mean, we just kind of took off and we got up in the air real fast and then we were flying. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was great. I mean, I think, you know, the, the system, as you call it, when it's in full <laughs> flight, it's a lot of fun.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I can imagine. And, you know, again, looking at the numbers for this year, uh, when a team is twenty and four and conference champions and have done all these different things, or I don't know if twenty and four is the old number. If it's big, I think it's twenty
1: three. Uh, yeah, uh, twenty three
0: post AC. I was going to say I think that's come on, Rachel, the Get it updated.
1: <laughs> come on, get that yeah. old stack No, going.
0: as I looked at it, I was like, that's not right. I'm missing a couple of things. Um, yeah. But you know, to that point, a lot of big numbers across the board. The doubles has been successful. I always like to frame it as you know, are you a, Four-point team, three-point team, two-point team. What can I rely on? And all season long, you guys have been able to rely on Amelia Regecki, the junior who, obviously with Nell Miller, able to capture the ITA All-American title. And, you know, they've continued their success here in dual-match play. She's also, you know—I I said this to you when we spoke this weekend— I think the swing match, the thing that I will remember most about your victory from this ACC tournament, yes, the doubles win was impressive, but I've seen you guys win impressive doubles points before. To see her beat Carson in the fashion that she did, you know, again, Carson doesn't lose matches winning only four games. That never happens. And to see her, I guess, are you surprised is the wrong word? That it's clicked this year in singles the way it has, or that it's clicked this year in doubles the way it has. Do either of those surprise you? You know, what's clicked so well for her this season?
1: Yeah, I mean, Millie has been just amazing. Um, First year was a struggle, but with the COVID players, we had an expanded roster, and so you didn't really get to see as much action as you would have hoped. So, um, I mean, you were there in Wisconsin, I mean... She was playing some heartbreakers where she'd have chances and just couldn't really put it all together. Really wasn't a factor of what was happening at the end. It's just kind of things that kept bringing matches to 5 all or her being in position. Um, really, I mean, I you know, obviously we had a bit of disruption with Alana last year and that was, you know, will she be back, will she not be back? Um, I don't know whether that was affecting uh Millie because she felt a bit insecure about playing in the lineup. But um came on strong at the end of last year. And look, we've we've always believed in Millie. I think it was clear to us the first year that she is gonna be great. And uh I think she really loves being at NC State. I, it was clear when she visited that that I mean, she actually was funny because we had a meeting in in this office right now with her and her dad and she said i just want to tell you i want to come here and the dad was like trying to tell her to shut up and <laughs> we don't need to kind of show our hand and she's like no i you know what if if she said if, if it doesn't happen i don't want to say that but this year for her yeah i mean she so we host that event in the fall mm-hmm. and she wasn't ranked and she's never been ranked in singles so we played her as an unranked player and she played in the b draw and won that, beating Yala Garda in the final, which and Yala Garda then went on to make the semis of the All-American the next week. Well, Millie also came all the way through qualies and uh, played a great match with Freyman, losing four in the third in the first round of the All-American. And I think ever since then, she's really kind of grown into who she is now. Uh, played a 15K that you won very easily around Thanksgiving. You know, she's the type of person that if you're like, look, I think you need to go and play an event to establish a ranking. I think you can do it in one um, one event, which I still don't get the women's tour. Why do you have to play free events? Oh, it's... Play per rank? What is that?
0: I don't understand it. Half the rules. I also love, like again, as a testament to college tennis, we were talking about this. That Chloe Beck can go from not playing a pro event for six years to what quarterfinals of hundred K, and it just like speaks to the level that you're right. Where Jackie walks in, and she walks through that fifteen K.
1: Yes. What well, I don't what what recruits and what these other federations don't understand is how is that happening? Because yeah. it's not. Look, one thing we tell recruits as well is playing pro events. Because there are how many pro events can we play? Well, you know, playing pro events don't make you better. Mm-hmm. Practice and development are what are going to make you better and becoming a better player, not just playing. And people think that just playing is is my path to being a pro. No, as you can see with Chloe there, mm-hmm. is Chloe uh, has has clearly grown mm-hmm. both on and off the court. And all of a sudden, you didn't drop her in there at the fifth. Um, Jamie's going to love this because I'm talking about his program here. <laughs> Yeah, so hey, I expect to be here from this, Jamie.
0: Yeah, but, um,
1: <laughs> but if you take somebody out, and we look, we had the same thing with Adriana and Amy. Adriana had never played in anything. Well, All look at
0: Anna little... right now. How much yeah. success she's having?
1: Well, in fact, Alana's playing in Charlottesville right now, and she's mm-hmm. up against Ali Kick. Oh, but yeah, um, you take them out, and you just drop them in. It's not like they're losing qualies, or they're just happy to win around. They win the event, or mm-hmm. you know, in close case. I don't know how many points you take for reaching the quarters of a hundred K, but that's points.
0: Yeah.
1: And that's a heck of a lot more points than 15 K's for sure. Cause I mean, and it shows the level of women's college tennis. I mean, we're in a really good moment right now and going back to Millie, look, one thing that's, that's, I, I, I guess in all the excitement we missed over the weekend with uh, Millie's win against Carson, that was her thirty-fourth singles win on the season. That's a program record.
0: That's ridiculous.
1: So she is our all-time single-season leader.
0: Mm-hmm. With and matches think, to go. Oh, plenty. Yeah. yeah,
1: I think she might make the singles event. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for the first time. So I mean, yeah, I mean, I think mean, that that trajectory that she's on and the improvement and sometimes it takes a little longer i think you know abigail had a bit abigail ranchelli had a bit more success earlier on but people grow it and have different timelines or Mm -hmm. you know this whole marvel thing with the multiverse or what have (laughs) you yeah there's it's 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 sort of ebb and flow and um Mm -hmm. yeah i mean we we couldn't be prouder of millie i mean look, this is somebody that's I had very little ITF experience or pro match experience coming in. It's our kind of player. And, uh, I think she represents everything that we're, we're about. Uh, she's gone from being a little, you know, not as confident in those situations to what you saw on, on Sunday. And I mean, you know, I think this is again, another great experience for her that, 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 that belief we have in her, she has that belief in herself now. And, uh, Yeah, I mean, I could hear her down there. I mean, she sounds a little bit like a velociraptor at times (laughs) on the court. I don't know how that comes across on the audio, but.
0: (laughs) Delightful. No, I mean, when you hit the ball as big as she does, you got to let them know. And it's been such, it's been so fun to see her again throughout the lineup. And and I think maybe most notably uh, is to have Alana back. And the fact that Alana not only, you know, the success she's had when she's played at the number two spot this season but when she's been asked to step up and play in that top spot she's had success there as well obviously her and diana having plenty of success at that number one doubles position what has it meant to the group to have her back what does it say about her that she's been able to pick things up and find this level this quickly coming off of a, a major injury for our listeners who may not remember
1: yeah, I mean, that, the injury was was really unfortunate. I mean, something that, you know, could have been a hangnail. Yeah. Turned out to be, yeah, she'll, she'll laugh at that one, but uh, <laughs> turned out to be a nine-month, uh, you know, injury with a major surgery. Um, you know, I think mean, for anybody, especially, you know, Alana had never been injured in life. There's a lot of uncertainty comes with that. Uh, I think from the outside, a lot of people see Alana as a little bit of an enigma. I know she has a very, very strong following, even within the college tennis community of people who feel drawn to her. And um, she's she's a really kind of fun, laid back personality. Uh, she she loves the school, she loves the team, she loves tennis, she loves everything uh, that that goes into this. And having her experience back because she's really the the only conduit we have right now to the originals here which was that uh, 29 team that reached the uh sweet 16 and um you know i think that 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 experience of when we were in the growing phase and she decided to come to nc state before we were remotely even close to the top 25 i think it's great to have to keep the rest of the girls grounded but also to see you know, Alana back out there. And I mean, it didn't take long to get her back up to speed. I mean, I was actually really shocked. Um, she won four matches in the ranked spotlight, which was the only event we played her in in the fall. And she won all four in three sets. So I think that really speaks to what people don't understand with Alana. She has a tremendous amount of heart. And even though it doesn't necessarily always look it on the surface, she's a fighter, mm-hmm. plays a big game. And... um She likes playing tennis, and she didn't have that for a long time. And, uh, you know, I think the worst thing for her last year was sitting and watching because she could have helped us. And we had a, you know, even even then we had a great season somehow. It it almost doesn't make sense, but (laughs) everybody stepped up, and I think – That has been really good for us, even though it wasn't good at the time. to
0: that thought, and I apologize for interrupting you, do you feel that effect knowing last year everyone played a step up, right? Everyone was up a position maybe a year sooner than they should have been. Do you feel that experience tangibly this season?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it really uh, invigorated a lot of people because certainly that year coming out of COVID, that was just not going to happen. There was so... Many players that that had so much experience on on so many teams just kind of blocking out parts of the lineup, and it wasn't like for the most part. I mean, the results during COVID were wacko. Uh, <laughs> like who has played, who the access to this. Certain people are doing well. It really kind of impacted recruiting. But the one thing you knew was if you're a good player before it, you were going to be a good player after it, and it was very difficult for players to have opportunities during that season so maybe in some ways we saw that go full circle in 2022 and people gained opportunities that you know for no lack of their control were weren't available and I think it yeah it really helped us uh, we had a very young team last year where we we had mostly underclassmen. And um, yeah, even though it it hasn't been super linear this year, for yeah, I mean that would be another podcast, but um, <laughs> yeah, um, for sure, for sure. And um, I think we're starting to see it now because people have really made some just insane strides, and that's what we have to do. We we can't just rely on recruiting. We we've, we've got to have players that move up during their time here. And in some ways to take the burden off the incoming players.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, I'm curious to that end, you have a fun mix of players in terms of how they got to your team. Obviously, you have players like Alana. You have players like Abigail and Amelia who have been a part of this program from the start. And, you know, this is the only place they've played college tennis. You also have players like Gina and Sophie and, uh, you know, Nell who have come in from other locations. Jada as well would be another example of that. Is it different in developing transfers versus newcomers for how you approach those things? Do you have a preference for, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm sure you'd rather have the opportunity to coach a player for four years than anything less than that. But I don't know. Is it easier to coach one versus the other? Like, is it easier to get that message communicated to someone who's been around the block? I'm just curious how you go about negotiating those two things.
1: I think with transfers, there's always got to be the sort of feeling that no matter how positive it seems, something didn't really work out or something wasn't the way they hoped for it. I don't think we're all living in a world where we're just like, wow, they just improved so much that uh, they outgrew a place. Because if, if the place grows with them, then I, I don't think that the portal would be as attractive, even though it seems to be incredibly intoxicating. <laughs> I'm sure you're fired up for next week, but I, uh, I'm
0: ready. I'm prepared. Yeah, who
1: the hell knows what's going to happen? I mean, I, <laughs> I'm it, <it's> pretty apprehensive. <laughs> uh, go, and I, I don't really even understand the rules with it right now. Is it as of uh, the the day after that the selections are made, or is it once your team? is out I mean or is it after the singles and doubles I don't get it but anyway going back yeah I mean I think there's there's it the one the one thing is you can generally make strides quicker with a transfer but they've obviously achieved a certain level I mean Gina played number one at Northern Arizona and she was the conference player of the year two times and Sophie played number one at Memphis so as good as that is, there is also going to be some resistance because they're gonna feel that they've achieved a level uh, somewhere else and so they kind of have a lot of ideas of how to do it. and then you throw them into the mix where there are another uh, six or seven of them mm-hmm. and them trying to find their place can be tricky. So there's there's you know you can get past that friction, but it's almost like the friction is stronger. Yeah. For a little while and uh, I think a lot of them I mean just the same way with freshmen they think that they'll just come in and just light it up. Yeah. And no, there's a transition phase and um you've got to work through that and they look when you're playing on the the teams in the top 15 or the top 25 they've all got really good players at every single position. Sometimes when you look at it it's scary when you see what the ranking was before college or who they are it's so like <laughs> uh, right um so they, they have a lot to learn they do have the capability to learn it more quickly um and, and i think you know more than anything the rigor of playing the acc schedule and and what we do is actually a little bit you know Tougher than they realize. I mean, it it is a long, long, long season, and rather than being that kind of sprint that they had at the end before, no, we're we're starting early and we're hopefully finishing late.
0: Yeah, um, I mean, the idea of Ditman Yarlagada at six is a joke. Like, in no world or any other era of college tennis would that match be featured at the number six singles position and anyone who watched the quality of play there like you're right it speaks to the level right now and you know i I, again i want to ask you a little bit about everyone now i'm sure some listeners will say you've buried the lead alex ask about schneider and we're gonna get there folks i promise um but like yeah you you see the level gina and you know sophie are playing and again to have that at five and six i'm sure it's quite the luxury as a coach How do you go about negotiating in this era in particular? Because, again, in no world should Gina Gina Dittman be playing six singles everywhere, like anywhere. And there are days when, you know, sometimes she wasn't in the lineup. How do you go about negotiating, negotiating all that in this era of college tennis?
1: You know, I mean, when we're talking to them, I mean, it's more about trying to create a plan for them. Okay. And then the friction piece is, is, okay, we've got this plan. I'm excited <laughs> about the plan. And I believe in the plan they come in and they're like, ah, we didn't mention what position or uh, how that works into it. And I think that tends to be a little bit from them a self-realization thing of, okay, yep, these other girls are actually a little bit better on with the day-to-day than I thought they were. And, you know, I've got to change a little bit what I do to assimilate uh, some of that uh, that I'm now seeing, not just visualizing, and then once they once they can do that, I think that they they also see that yeah, I mean you I mean this was an insane match at six. I mean 10-8? first set
0: breaker. Like,
1: come on, because absolute. I mean both four and six were completely mental. Yeah, and I say that in a British way. Yeah, way. yeah. <laughs> that means that means uh, yeah. It's like it means crazy in the best way possible. Just, yeah. yeah. Um uh, unreal and um yeah and i think once they see that and as long as we're playing the schedule and you know this is what we talked about with managing the player dates yeah. we're able to work in ways for them to get what they need maybe in in other ways okay. yeah i mean they're fine with it and look i mean they're you've also got to understand that as you get better in tennis you're not going to win. 95 percent of your matches i mean i i don't know how many players at the absolute top level well it's nobody right
0: well i novak and nadal and serena and then like navratilova and graf and like Cellus, those are the five players six players who have ever won 90 percent no one yeah. does 95 like it's six players historically
1: yeah so you want competition and if yeah. we can get them competition then who cares yeah. About the number, um, and, and and clearly that's happening. I mean, in our league, it's tough. I mean, I, I was almost about to say a bad word there, but I was no, you're
0: always it. allowed to. We'll quack it out.
1: I, mean, I was going to say, S-. I mean, <laughs> six singles is an absolute dogfight. I think that might be the most pivotal and the toughest position in college tennis, mm-hmm. by far. And uh, those players, they they got to have a little bit of a special mentality. <laughs> Right. Um, I mean, as you can see in that match, those matches tend to take some time. Uh And they're the ones, and I I was really proud of Gina. I mean, she really showed me something in that final. There's a level of just ruggedness to her that belies (laughs) the appearance a little bit. And uh, her and and Annika, I mean, Annika's got to be one of the best number sixes of all His, time, yeah, ever. it's up. There. this season. I mean, who gets to the semifinals of the All American then play six?
0: <laughs> yeah. What is, what is this? You can, like Alex the Stanford? King? Yeah, exactly. The Stanford '98 team. That's it. Hmm.
1: It's Alex Kim's ty- type uh, deal right there. So, um yeah, I mean, it it it's fantastic. And I mean, the, the so the transfers. Yeah, I mean, I think they find their place and they realize that. Mm-hmm. Look, I got to pay my dues a little bit, which I'm on a shorter clock, but. What goes around comes around, and I'll I'll get there potentially faster because I've got experience.
0: Yeah, and uh, you know, again, I will say you're one of my favorites to talk to, not only for your candidness, but I always uh, appreciate your expertise. You are coaching an active top 100 player, not in college, a top 100 player in the world right now, in Diana Schneider, and I want to ask you about her specifically in a second, but more broadly, I was having this discussion with someone off mic about are there, you know, where are the pros right now? Are there future top 100 pros in college tennis? And 30,000 foot view, I said, if you're taking, you know, if you're looking at one of the games in particular, I actually think right now there are more future top 100 pros in the women's game. I just think we're in that part of the cycle. I think we had a lot of top 100 pros on the men's side. You see the Sheltons, you see the Kvasevichs, you see all of these guys who come right from the, the college game who are already top 100, top 150 in the world. You know, again, I'm not saying they have to have top 100 level right now, but in 2023, as you look across multiple teams, I know you're someone who watches the film. Do you see multiple top 100 or future top 100 pros in the women's college game?
1: Yeah, I mean, look, this is an exciting time. I mean, and I mentioned this to you when when we did our uh, fake podcast on uh, <laughs> um when you see peyton and uh emma navarro and even if you just see the photo of them after the event that's top 100 yeah it's it's like undeniable or inevitable and i think there is a level of inevitability as long as we can keep these players in the game that uh, the higher girls, and obviously those will be replaced by the n- next wave. I mean, we've got some on our own team. That uh, one of the great things with having Diana here, and you know, we haven't mentioned her until the 40 minute mark. Yeah, or so, that is
0: that the longest you've gone in an interview this season? That was my always,
1: goal. It's almost always the first question. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, let me try and Which save it t- yeah. double digits.
1: Which is great. Or, uh, yeah, who's that sitting next to David in the box or yeah. something like that, right? That's another, another tangent. But um, girls can see what it is yeah. and they can see what Diana is doing and they can also see her every day here at practice. And this is what it looks like and uh, And I think that's invaluable. and I think that you know you know with, with Dinah having you know gone back and forth and she's played for us that at least the ACC teams, you know we were robbed of that at the beginning of the season, mm-hmm. which again mm-hmm. is another podcast with the NCAA, but um, <laughs> the um their ability to see her and and size it up and and get to experience that, I'm sure was was really exciting for the other players and to realize, you know, whether it's Alexa Noel at uh, Miami or Carol Lee at uh, Georgia Tech. And obviously Fiona just played her now and uh, with Chloe and uh, several others, right? That's what it is. And how far away from me is that? And I think what we can see and what you're asking me is, Pretty bloody close. Yeah. And, and Dinah would say the same thing. I mean, in in you know, I mean, she the first thing she said, so she comes back, mm-hmm. just played sakara you know, everything's just like blowing up. Uh, she's like, the first comment was, Am play, I playing? Because I want to play. Yeah. And it was like, well, there's this four-letter organization that's been a real pain in the <laughs> right now. So we go down there and we play South Carolina the first match of the season, and the, the next thing she said was, "My, this is really good. Mm-hmm. I mean, this level is way better than I thought it was. So I got I got to really get my crap together. But mm-hmm. once I uh, do get the chance to play, and I think that speaks, you know, volumes of of where we're at and on on the women's side. I think we're we're in we're in a good spot. I think we got some great opportunities and options for teams to go to. I mean, hopefully they actually even take a look at us. I mean, who knows? I mean, (laughs) kind of get that out there. But, yeah, I mean, I would agree with you. And I think this is really exciting because women's college tennis has really been written off. Mm -hmm. And uh, Diana's decision, for for whatever reason it was, which, you know, is easy to talk about, but um, has potentially – really put a, a spotlight on the women's side. And uh, I think that's that's a huge positive. And, uh, you know, I mean, hopefully, like you said, that, that this can um, catch up to the men.
0: Yeah. Very cool. And, yeah. And, again, I know you've addressed this multiple times throughout the course of the year. I also don't want to get you in trouble. And that's why, you know, again, I won't ask for every detail, but the entire Schneider experience, getting her eligible, You know, again, having her as a part of this group, being able to coach someone with that sort of firepower. Talk to me what the past, I mean, I'm sure it's been like a 24 month journey if you go to the start of recruiting, maybe even longer than that and everything. You know, what has this year been like for her and what has it been like for you to, again, try to negotiate all of it?
1: It's actually not even 18 months. The first semblance of anything was in March of last year. Okay. And it was like a shot in the dark, really. Uh, There was just um, a confluence of events. And all of a sudden, we're sitting on a Zoom. We're uh, on the road in Blacksburg. Mm -hmm. And there's Diana and her mom. um, That kind of ran through the French Open. And um, somehow became a reality. And even the story of how she got her visa is is a chapter, at least. Mm -hmm. I mean, ultimately, the consular general there did us a massive favor um, to get that in her hand. It wasn't really sort of the processing of the past. It was just from a timeline standpoint. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's been a whirlwind. Look, I mean, she was here a week, then US Open and then back for a couple of weeks and our uh, academic people have been amazing in my, because as an international she can't be in book one online class i think a lot of people there's been and look there's been a lot of comments a lot of people a lot of conjecture like what the hell is going on um but diana has been really you know, i mean she, look she's whatever people think and people think a lot of things right she is just the like such a great kid, and her appetite is unlike anybody we've ever had. I mean, you you give her one thing, or she asks one question, you give there's an answer. And look, David has really driven this. David has been at the forefront of it. That was the connection. Uh, I know Diana really believes in David and everything that uh, that he's been able to do with her. I um, mean, he was down there at the Australian Open. Uh, there was some talk about uh I've never been to Australia so I was like hey come on <laughs> let's go uh but no when it came down to it I mean he's the one that that has really uh developed the relationship and um yeah I mean she comes back to you with so much more mm-hmm. and it's she's just relentless mm-hmm. and uh, she has you know a few gifts and <laughs> talents and she has trim. I mean I was thinking about this in 2022. The number of countries she went to, the ima- i don't know if I've been to that many in my life. She
0: played a ton of pro matches. Like it was yes. north of sixty.
1: She played ninety-four match singles matches in 2022. That's
0: ridiculous.
1: Yeah, I mean, and that's that's how she is. Mm-hmm. She just loves it, mm-hmm. and uh, I think you can see there's a level of joy with her. You could see in the Sakari match, she was in her element, mm-hmm. and the same on Sunday against Fiona. Mm-hmm. She's not somebody who is intimidated by a big crowd or a big stage. That almost brings the best out in her. Mm-hmm. And look, she turned 19 a few weeks ago. She's still young. Mm-hmm. All right, let's not forget that. I mean, she's one of four teenagers in the top 100 in the world. So she's got a long, a long way to go, but it's very simple with Diana. All she wants is to be a better player. I think she understands the other things and maybe the money, ultimately, and and what that means. But when it boils down to it, the only question she ever asked is, "Was can I become a better player at NC State?" Mm-hmm. And that was what you know. Obviously, it was a long answer over time because you've got to gain understanding. But at the root of it, for her, she's like, "Look, the only thing I want to do is become a better player." Because I know if I'm going to make a living at this sport, I have to be better. And this is somebody who was number two in the world in juniors, was already 250 in the world, and had won three Grand Slams in doubles.
0: Mm-hmm. It's- and that's all she wanted.
1: How do I get better? I just want to be better.
0: Well, uh, to that end, and let's nerd out a little bit. This will be – and I, I promise I've got three more questions for you, including this one. Nice. Big, you know, you watch Schneider play, the firepower is undeniable. Now you look at the pro results, the majority of them have come on clay. You see the big backswings. You understand why a slower surface where she has a little bit more time, why she would be that much more dangerous on a surface like that. Of course, she goes and beats world number 11, Veronica Kutermatova down in Charleston, a testament to that fact. I know you're someone who thinks about these sorts of things, what is the ceiling? Like, where is she at from a percentage point? Because I watch her play, and you, as big as she hits the ball already, you know, again, that's the one thing you can't teach, right? That's just an intrinsic skill. You either got that or you don't. I still feel like on the margins, there's a lot of things for her to continue to improve at. Or improve might be the wrong word, but just get more comfortable with. Like, I feel like 70%, to say she's at 70% of her potential – that might even be too high of a number right now.
1: Yeah, everybody, everybody always writes about the flashy forehand. <laughs> yeah, of and, course. Uh, it's great alliteration. Yeah, I mean, it's it's mm-hmm. it's large. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, she can she can keep that ball deep unerringly. I mean, it's it's almost like w- when you see it and you see the ball going past people, it sort of defies a little bit of logic. But uh, yeah, I mean, so she understood that she needed to serve better. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's she's not small, but she's not, you know, up there. with she's the not 5'11", six, five, six foot. No. Yeah. She doesn't have that, and she never will have that. Yeah. <laughs> um. So she needed to serve better, and particularly the second serve needed to improve. So uh, there's been a lot of work there, and I think then the real gist of this was, look, David and then Simon, uh, I feel like I've got to be a lot better on hard courts. And in order to be a lot better on hard courts, I have to learn to move forward. Uh-huh. I have to be better at playing at the net. I also don't think I'm very good in doubles, um, which can help me. And even though I've done really well in doubles, it's been because I'm just good at cross court singles, yeah, sure. and um, I feel like that could help me as well. And uh, look, I mean, college tennis is on hard courts. Uh-huh. I've got to become a better player on hard courts and to do that, I've got to accomplish all these things. And so how, how can you, you help me with that? Uh, I think we play, I mean, most people seem to comment and look, it's not by chance. We do play pretty progressive tennis. I mean, like, how do you get your girls to come to the net that much? And we're like, well, why not? I mean, what's the difference? It's not a sexist thing. Uh They can move forward. In fact, you know, Could we not foresee that we'll get serve and volley in women's tennis? Mm -hmm. If we had it in the seventies and eighties in men's tennis, why would it not come around eventually? Mm -hmm. Now we're not going that far, but she understood that clearly and had a pretty clear vision, and we've been able to sort of, you know, again, David working diligently day in day out with her, and we've made progress Mm -hmm. uh, in that regard. And uh, she sort of, you know, played the. the challenger events? Can you call them challenges on the women's side? I don't. I don't know. What uh, the, the nomenclature is
0: always unclear to me. Yeah, hundred yes. Ks. I think is the formal title or whatever.
1: Yeah. So, funnily enough, you you watch her play and you're like, why would you not be better on hard court?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <Or, laughs> indoors. indoors too. You you're like yes. with your weapons. How are you not? But it's like the speed of the surface. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt yes. you. But you're exactly right.
1: Yeah, and even our girls are like Diana. What, like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Um, but undeniably, she's darn good on clay. Yeah, and um, she feels more comfortable. But she's gaining confidence, and she reached the final in Vegas uh, in one of these events. Lost in the final in a in a free setter, but had her first top hundred win, uh, and then goes down to South America and just goes crazy. Uh down there and you know wins her first event and you know i i think she we're getting there with her Uh and she has a you know she she understands these things really well for somebody of her age and um yeah of course i mean like with anything she can be a bit of a muppet at times (laughs) Uh right uh that's part of it but it's it's so much easier if it's that way to rein it in than to Mm -hmm. get that out of somebody and I mean having that level of passion that she has drives her and she plays with with a you know an, an exciting sort of disposition and um yeah I mean you know she's she's well beyond her years mm-hmm. yeah. she's she's more likely to hang out with the seniors than than with the younger players she just kind of ages up and she has an amazing relationship with Alana i mean they're they're like the odd couple they're so like <laughs> ying and ying, it's just bizarro but and even with adriana and anna who were out there at these events i mean it was like she was instantly one with them mm-hmm. and uh it's been really it's been really heartening to see because we honestly didn't know how it was going to go i mean you have all these stories and you're thinking oh my gosh are we compromising this or that and it's not been that way at all i mean i think it's it's been You know, even, you know, I've been in this for a long time, but uh, I questioned it quite openly and I was wrong. Yeah. Well, he's been awesome.
0: Yeah. Well, with that perspective, I'm curious you for our listeners who forget and, you know, we always do a little at least one Armstrong story before I let you go. Um, You know, again, you have coached national championship teams. You have been around groups, I'm sure, where not even January, but comes, you know, start of September, you said, all right, this group, I think they have that special something, not just the -the on-the-court product, but the off-court chemistry that you need in college tennis to get through in those four, three moments. And, you know, again, with a match, you know, after a result like UNC to to win that conference tournament, to get that sort of confidence boost for your group, being around this team on-court, off-court, do they have those requisite things? Do you have that similar feeling in your stomach where you think, all right, like this team is absolutely capable of getting the job done here in May?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think we've we've fought that all, all along, even with Prisca's departure right before the fall semester. I mean, we're not going to give up on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, people have questioned it. I saw Colette even write, in a blog one time, she's like, "What on earth is going on with <laughs> with this at the moment? Why is this not working? This is baffling." Your uh, counterpart on yeah. <laughs> the uh, weekly deciding point has uh, been sort of flummoxed by it as well. Yeah. But it look, it, nobody really knows what's going on internally, and we've we've been fighting battles on several fronts this year. And I think anytime you see that throughout history. <laughs> That's, it gets complicated. Um, were we frustrated with it? Yes. But did we believe that we had what you're talking about the whole time? Absolutely. Because we see it in practice. Just hadn't happened for whatever reason. You know, strangely, and again, I'm going to get after uh, John here a little bit. Please. He was, he was quite critical, I think, of uh, Millie and Abigail. Saying that they'd been a bit of a letdown, even Sophie after the fall. But just look at the records. Uh-huh. Show me and compare those to previous years. We were we were running way ahead of pace compared to previous years. But for some reason it it didn't. Sh- I don't know whether it's because we missed the indoors or, uh-huh. you know, I've had it with the ITA a little bit with their algorithm. That that loss that we had unfortunately without Diana and then Nell was injured uh-huh. against Vanderbilt as been a little bit of an outlier of a result and has kind of hurt us in the rankings Mm -hmm. uh in some ways that result defines us more than the unc win Mm -hmm. numerically sure which i don't understand (laughs) well i do understand i know the math i mean i know the math and i'm sure chris can explain it very very well yeah um but that is what it is and uh, i don't think that would be the same in any other sport Mm -hmm. but no well look uh we have a we have you know, something here with with this particular team. And, you know, hopefully it's not just a flash in the pan and uh, we kind of go back to where it's been. But this this isn't just this team. It's many years in the making. I mean, whether it's the 2019 team or going into COVID, um, my biggest concern was when we made the jump in 2019, could we sustain this? Or will there be some sort of stock market correction? Mm-hmm. which is not going to be a good thing. We're going to be like uh, crypto. And <laughs> uh, if we didn't sell high, we're screwed. Um, yeah, you've probably had some of those as That's well. That's good.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you guys are the, I like that. Yeah. That's funny.
1: <laughs> yeah. But you know, that was the, the, the worry all along. And I mean, David and I are basically half killing each other to make sure that we're not, um, we're not Bitcoin or, uh, Ether, you know, Ethereum. So yeah, um, yeah, I mean, so it's 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 been a building process. And, you know, one thing I told the girls before the match is, look, it's not like now we're at this point, we've not been in these matches. Mm-hmm. Might not have been in this specific match, but with our schedule and how we've done, you've all got it, plenty of experience here. Mm-hmm. So we're not going to be intimidated. And in fact, this type of match is so easy. I mean, we're going to be up for it. And I'm 100% confident. That you'll play well and they did
0: yeah no i mean yes to everything you just said i agree i uh, you know it it is so fascinating uh watching this group in particular compete because you can tell how comfortable they are competing together with one another and i would say the reason jay was apprehensive about this listen i
1: love i love this guy
0: yeah. Exactly. I mean, it's cause you guys yeah. were the preseason you were his preseason title he was pick.
1: So bitter about that. It's like we're his <laughs> little favorite pet or something and he's really having trouble with the relationship.
0: You no, know, I mean, again, um, it's his prediction. He, he said NC State's winning. Yeah. Yeah, he's too invested. That's exactly it. He's too invested. He's He is the system uh, that you guys are trying to predict. I was
1: expecting him to call Boo Corrigan, our ID, and complain about me uh, at <laughs> one point during the
0: season. Who's to say he did it, my friend? I'm just saying maybe that call went up to the higher-ups.
1: Maybe, maybe that's how we got
0: Diana eligible. Why do you think Jim – Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly it. That's what he, Jay had to make a call. Um, no, I mean, well, with all that said, again, I, I know you guys are certainly going to be hosting at least the first two rounds. I think it's safe to say the first three rounds of the NCAA tournament. It's a rare week where, you know, nothing on the schedule. I know some players have gone off to play pro events, but what do you guys do this week, next week to prepare for the start of the NCAAs?
1: So normally we'd be practicing hard again right now, but with the um, with the extra matches on the weekend, we gave them a bit of an extended leave. Um, we'll lift today, and uh, sorry, I'm just trying to look at Alana. Alana's in the third right now, but yeah, uh, Diana and Alana went up to Charlottesville, mm-hmm. so they'll keep going. Uh, the rest of them will will really get back to it now on uh, Thursday, mm-hmm. and then right back to normal. Right, uh, final exams. I think start this week. I'm not really sure about that. I'm always like off with the academic calendar, but they need to finish up. I mean, a couple of them are in pretty challenging programs of study. And um, this isn't completely an easy school unless you manage to pick one or two of the, you know, they would say they're the smart majors, but no, they're not really. (laughs) So we've got to get through that and um, potentially some graduations Mm -hmm. Uh, which, you know, can involve family, which Mm -hmm. always is interesting, right, for them. But uh, no, I mean, we'll do as much work as we can. I think we're physically doing great. Mm -hmm. And uh, we've got the capacity to really kind of invest now, hopefully for longer than just the next 10 days, because it's always like a plus one and a Mm -hmm. plus one. And then um, yeah, we'll see with the selections relative to the individual field as well. How that looks. Um, So no, I mean nothing will change. Well, if if you know once school's finished, we have the opportunity to work even harder. So we'll take advantage of that.
0: No, I love to hear it. And you know, again, for what it's worth, I always say if I'm going to speak about someone not to their face, I should say it to their face as well. For what it's worth, when I talk about Simon Earnshaw, and that's you, I don't know why I referred to you in third person. There are certainly other coaches doing as good of a job. No one is doing a better job than what you and David are doing over at NC State. And to see what you guys have done, again, it's what, year eight, I believe, seven, eight, on the job. And, you know, now you guys are perennial top eight team. You're winning conference tournament titles. You're producing NCAA individual champions, working with top 100 players in the world. It's all clicking down at NC State and you know, again, the strength of your program has certainly strengthened the college tennis game more broadly as well. So congratulations on the ACC tournament victory. I'm not going to say congratulations on the year yet because it's far from finished. And I'm looking forward to watching you all compete throughout the remainder of the season and always appreciate you taking the time to chat.
1: I'm just happy we've given you guys something else to talk about. <laughs> I felt like you were running out of material.
0: Well, So I'll make the request here. You want us yeah. to change the photos of the video? It's time to switch up the pictures?
1: No, because that's not going to change. I mean, we know <laughs> we know that piece. We can't just win one match and you're going to change that, but it at least, I felt like you were running out of material. Even your shows got short.
0: <laughs> so
1: if if not anything, we we've, we've kind of thrown you a bone.
0: Oh, 15-minute intro tonight, I promise, on see State, you're going to enjoy it, my friend. But, Coach, yeah. thank you, as always, for taking the time to chat. Good luck to you and the team uh, throughout the course of May.
1: All right. Cheers. Go Pack.
0: Hope all of you enjoyed my conversation with NC State women's tennis head coach Simon Earnshaw. A thank you, as always, to Coach Earnshaw for his candidness, for his tolerance of all of our nonsense here at Cracked Rackets. And a congratulations to he and his Wolfpack program again on capturing their first ACC tournament title in program history. I know I speak for college tennis fans everywhere. We're all looking forward to watching he and his team compete over the course of May. With all of that said, of course, We've got plenty of other content coming your way, folks. If you're looking for any other information in regards to the Division I college tennis world, head on over to our Great Shot podcast feed for ATP and WTA updates. The Mini Break podcast is the place for you. All of that content available on our website, crackrackets.com. Of course, a shout out as always to our super producer, Daniel Westoff, for the of an editing job he does day in, day out, making all of this content possible. A massive thank you as well to our dear friends at Turna for their support. Support. Switch to a Turner Grip today. You can find Turner wherever you shop for your tennis supplies. With all of that said, for our fantastic guest, NC State head coach, Simon Earnshaw, for our super producer, Daniel Westoff for our friends at Turner, and from all of us here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Show Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You've been listening to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. Stay safe, stay healthy. We'll talk to you all soon. Thanks, everyone.